Welcome back. Thanks again for checking out this bonus edition of the 12 Kyle podcast. I'm 12 Kyle. Check this out. On this podcast, what I want to do is I want to share a story with you. Uh, the story that I'm going to share is one that I posted on my blog. Um, God, it had to be at least about seven years ago. Um, and given the fact that I've only had this podcast five years, uh, odds are likely that you didn't see this story <laughs> because I would have talked about it on the podcast. Um, nonetheless, uh, it's about a lost friend. Um, some of my most fondest memories from my childhood came when I was playing football or when I was right around the age of eight. It seemed like everything, like I remember everything about being eight. Um, I would always play sandlot football with all of my friends. Um, and one friend in particular that I had, uh, my friend named EJ. Now, EJ was one of my best friends. We were the same age. We always played together every day. Uh, we lived in this apartment complex, right? And EJ lived in the same apartment complex that I did. Um, and we would always, when we would play football, like <laughs> he would always be the quarterback and I would always be the receiver. Uh, and he could throw and um, any pass he threw to me, I would always catch it. Like he knew exactly where to put the ball in the air for me to go get it. And um, we were always tight. We always had a special bond um, when we were coming up and, uh, we football probably was where, you know, the bond was solidified and then we got to be really, really cool, you know, in the neighborhood. Um, we had a lot of similarities, but you know, we were different. Uh, while I lived with both my parents at the time, uh, EJ lived with his aunt and her four kids and her boyfriend. Um, to be honest, I don't ever remember meeting EJ's parents. Uh, I remember asking him about his parents, but he said that they were, you know, living in New York city and they were coming to get him for the summer. That's like all that I can ever remember. <laughs> um, anyway, in our, uh, apartment complex, there was a large field of grass and behind our building and, you know, if that was our quote unquote football field and we treated it like it was the Rose Bowl. Uh, honestly, that's like where I honed my skills and I learned to become a wide receiver. And I would obviously go on to play wide receiver in high school and in college. Um, but this was the early eighties. This was <laughs> the era before video games and, you know, MTV you know, this is the era of when you had to be outside. What was going on outside? Everything. And, you know, we just we just learned how to have fun. Uh, honestly, I didn't even know or realize that we were in technically low income housing. Um, and the place where we lived, <laughs> they called it the projects. But it really wasn't the projects, but that's what they called it. 
Uh, I mean, you, you could never confuse it with uh, Cabrini Green or any projects in Bed-Stuy. Um, but it was Florence, South Carolina, and it was home, you know. So uh, I never felt unsafe or anything like that. It was it was cool. Um, by the time I turned 10, uh, my parents bought a house, and we moved away. Still same section of town, but, you know, uh, I would still be attending the same elementary school. So I'd still see EJ, you know, at school. And we play at recess and we have a good time. Um, we never missed a beat. Boys forever. And um, by the time I turned 14, my parents had divorced. And I moved to the other side of town. Uh, I would no longer be going to school with EJ. Um, and, you know, we were younger i didn't have you know his phone number so we lost contact for a few years um and i'll never forget one day uh during my junior year of high school i was hanging at the mall and i ran into ej and man we were both excited to see each other we spent about an hour just kind of catching up um and much to my surprise ej said that he was going to uh west florence high school which was one of our rivals um he was supposed to be going to South Florence High, but he got into some trouble and he left. Um, he knew that I was playing football at Wilson High and he said, you know, he heard I was doing well or whatever the case was. Um, and we exchanged phone numbers and we promised to keep in touch. Uh, the following year was my senior year. Uh, and the first game of the season, we played against West Florence, right? So whenever you play your rival, you want to win, but you have even more incentive. And for me, I, I think it was more, even more incentive because, you know, I knew people at West Florence. I knew EJ would be at the game. Um, so I knew I wasn't going to let my homie down. You know, I was going to have to show out. <laughs> so I never forget that. I had a great game that game. I had five catches for 125 yards, right? One touchdown. More importantly, we won the game. <laughs> Uh, it's you know it's always dope when you beat West Florence, but you know because again they were one of our rivals. But um, you know after the game I looked for EJ and I didn't see him, and um, I called him the next day, but the number that I had was disconnected. Um, I drove past his aunt's house, um, because they had eventually moved from the projects to his aunt's she had a little house not far away from the projects and that house was abandoned so you know naturally I'm a little disappointed and you know he had basically disappeared without even telling me where he was headed so it would be another year before you know our paths would cross again and um, I remember I'll never forget it I was uh, it was during the fall of my freshman year at South Carolina State. Um, I came home one weekend. Uh, at that particular time at South Carolina State, I was being redshirted, which means I wasn't playing. I was just practicing. Um, and I was homesick, to be honest. <laughs> I needed to get back home and see my mom and get some cooking and stuff. Uh, so, you know, the trip to Florence was necessary. Orangeburg is only an hour and a half from Florence so it was good to go home and so 
when I went home that particular weekend, I decided to drive past my old neighborhood, quote unquote, the projects. <laughs> and I parked my car and I decided to walk over to our old, quote unquote, football field. And to be honest, nothing looked the same. Uh, the buildings looked different. There were no kids playing outside. It just looked real gloomy and dark. It was it was bugged out. I was, I, all I could do was kind of shake my head. Um, but it felt good to be back. And then I heard somebody call my name. It was EJ. Man, I was shocked to see this dude. You know, we greeted each other with a pound and a hug. And we were just happy to see each other. Because this is my dude. Again, I hadn't seen him or heard from him in the better part of two years. And um, I was happy to see him. <laughs> and uh, i never forget, he said, uh, he's like, Man, I heard you. Was, I heard you a star football player at South Carolina State, and all I could do is laugh because I'm like, man, I'm far from a star. I'm, I'm like, you know, trying to find my way as a freshman who's being redshirted, and you know, not really sure. And I didn't tell him this, but I wasn't even really sure if I was gonna stay because I was like, I don't know, if I'm gonna keep doing this. But of course, I would stay. Um, but I was, he was, you know, it, it made me, made me laugh and, and it made me happy to hear him say that because that means he had been, you know, kind of keeping tabs on me. Um, and I told him, man, nah, man, I'm just a lowly freshman. I'm trying to find my way. I asked him, you know, about where he had been and what happened to him. And I told him, um, you know, that I tried to find him or what have you. And, um, you know, that's kind of where the complexity of a conversation kind of changed. As he was explaining to me what happened, I could kind of tell he was lying. And then he eventually admitted that he dropped out of school. So he dropped out of West Lawrence. Um, so I asked him, I said, well, you know, what are you doing with your life? What, 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 what are you doing? And he said that he and his cousins moved out of his aunt's house and they moved back into the projects. Now, you know, I mean, you normally, <laughs> you normally don't leave the projects to move back into the projects, but you know, that's what he wanted to do. Um, but he said he and his cousins were leaving, you know, living in the projects and, you know, it was interesting at that point because, um, his cousin walked over at that point and he said, quote, somebody's around the corner looking for you. And it was at that moment that I realized that EJ was selling drugs. Right. I didn't want to believe it at first. But he was like, hang on for a second. And he walks around the corner. And he comes back. And he's gone maybe about two minutes, if that. But I don't see him. I just see him walking around the corner. I don't see what happens around the corner. I'm sure it was a hand-to-hand. <laughs> but, uh, you know, came back. And um, I gave EJ my number. I said, hey, man, call me. I told him when I'd be home again uh, because I knew I'd be home after Thanksgiving. And I suggested that we hang out. And then I also said, I said, man, 
you should come to Orangeburg, come to South Carolina State, hang out with me. I was like, well, I'll show you around. We'll kick it. We'll have a good time. And it was at that moment he looked at the ground and then he looked away. And he said, nah, Kyle, you've changed. Things have changed. It ain't like how it used to be. And <laughs> those words felt real cold, but that was his reality. And I gave him a pound and a hug and I told him to take it easy. Then I just stood there and he walked around the corner again. And I didn't see him after that. And honestly, I pondered those words for a while. Had I really changed? Did I make him feel like we weren't cool anymore? I never tried to make him feel like I was successful and he wasn't. Or maybe he just saw the two kids that we once were the best of friends. You know, these two kids are now headed in opposite directions. And we were. That was the last day I saw EJ. He spent the next few years selling drugs. Um, and of course, he eventually got caught, went to jail, got out, went back. You know, for the better part of the last 10 years has been him going to jail, getting out of jail, going to rehab, you know, those type of things. He's still alive, you know, but he's not in a good space from what I'm hearing. But, you know, what was interesting is that when I do go home to Florence, I always go by the neighborhood. Always. I always drive by the projects. And to be honest, there's a part of me that secretly hopes that I bump into him. There's a part of me that really would like to see how he is and how he's doing. And then there's a part of me that doesn't want to see him. Because, you know, honestly, I don't necessarily know that he wants to help himself rather than dwell on what we lost I kind of prefer to remember us as kids and that's what I'm cool with you know I lost a friend but it's probably better that way haven't lost much of my life but you know looking back on it I'm actually cool with who we are and where we are and I wish him well. And if I saw him tomorrow, I'd still have nothing but love for him. Sometimes you lose a friend. Sometimes you lose people in life. And it's not necessarily because they've left this earth. They just, you just go in, you go in different directions. And there's nothing wrong with that. And it took me a minute after that exchange to get to that point where I actually understood that. Because ultimately, we live and we learn. That's going to do it for me. Thank you for checking out this bonus edition of the 12 Kyle podcast. I'm your boy, 12 Kyle. I will catch you guys next time. 5,000.